Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket, where we chat with today's most inspiring and successful healthcare leaders. If you like what you're listening on the show, please go to outcomesrocket.com slash reviews, and you'll be able to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This is uh, super huge for us because it's the feedback we need to make the show even more amazing. So without further ado, I want to introduce my outstanding guest. His name is Stuart Gandalf. He's the CEO of Healthcare Success a medical advertising and internet marketing agency. His focus is helping you, my listeners, get your marketing and advertising in line so that you could achieve your goals. I want to open it up to you, Mr. Gandalf, to fill in any of the gaps in the introduction. Welcome to the show. That was great, Saul. Thank you. (laughs) I love doing this stuff and I love doing our own podcast. So it's great to be a guest on one. It's fun. It's a lot less pressure for me. I can just talk, which is awesome. Um, (laughs) Because believe me, I can talk. You actually did a pretty good job. I would say that our firm exists to help uh, providers primarily defined as doctors and hospitals attract the patients they want. And so uh, there's lots of marketing companies. I've worked for great big ones. I've worked for smaller ones. I've done other things in my life. But at the end of the day, a lot of people do marketing because they want to do a great image. They want to have a great brand. They want to be very creative. And we do all those things and we like those things too. That's not what makes us special. Our whole philosophy, everything we do is driven towards attracting patients. In fact, on our conference room wall, we have our logo along with our tagline. And our tagline is scientific marketing that delivers patients. And periodically in meetings, with my team, I'll point to the wall. It's like, guys, why are we here? And they all say, okay, we get it. So that really is all of it. So again, it's just to help doctors and hospitals profitably attract new patients. Oh, that's really great. Thanks for filling in the gaps there. And Stuart, one of the things that I'm curious about, why did you decide to, out of all areas in the world, land on healthcare? It's funny. Uh, that's actually, I don't know if anybody ever asked me that question. It's oh. actually kind of coincidental. When I used to work, when I first came out to California, worked client side for a while, and there was actually in San Diego, I think it was Sharp or Scripps, I forget which one, but it had a baby and a stork statue out in front of it. I was working in financial services. I worked with a lot of big banks on City and Chase and all those kinds of people back when they were um, completely uh, gold-plated names back in the day. Yeah. But at any rate, I used to always think, well, that's interesting, hospital marketing. And I didn't think about it ever again. Flash forward a uh, decade and a half, I was working at J. Walter Thompson, which is a huge ad agency. It's one of the biggest in the world. And our spoke, I was working on an account called Valley's Total Fitness, which used to have a bunch of health club uh, chains like Cher, Cena Easton, Heather Lockley were our spokespeople. I remember so it was big leagues. yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So anyway, I was uh, a former writer of mine. At that point, you know, I did that there and I was kind of through with advertising. It's playing at that game, at least to me, was pretty political. And it just, I'm kind of, let's say independent (laughs) in my thinking. And uh, I thought it would be, so I took a break from advertising and a former writer I knew uh, reached out to me and said, Hey, this firm I'm working with wants uh, does marketing for doctors. And I'm like, 
nah, does anybody do that really? And it just seems sort of, you know, I was, my budget at Jay Walter was a piece of an $80 million budget. And this is back in, you know, a couple of decades ago, it's back when $80 million was a lot of money. Right. Yeah. And, uh, working for private practice doctors seemed crazy to me. And so I ended up accepting the job and worked there for about a decade, took a break from healthcare. And then a few years later, we started this firm. So we've been around for about 11 years as this firm. And I love what I do. And today happens to be a terrific day. We've had good news like all around the board. So it's just a good day. That, what, what was the good news? We actually signed three new clients today. <laughs> so um, it's been quite a week for us already. Yeah, thank you. We've just signed about a month and a half ago, Yale Medicine, which is a very Fantastic. obviously prestigious client. But this today, and we, we love that. We're excited about working with them. They're terrific people. But today, yeah, we signed a 17-location addiction treatment center, an OB-GYN practice, and then another, actually, an ophthalmology facial plastic who's a friend and fan of friend of mine and a fan of our company. So it's been quite a good day. Ah, awesome. <laughs> so I love Outstanding. That. Well, I'm glad to be here with you celebrating, Stuart. And thanks for sharing that too. You know, it sounds like you kind of ebbed and flowed into healthcare and eventually just kind of stuck. And so so here we are, you know, just kind of chatting about how doctors and providers can better market their services. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have people walking into that front door, and they're not repeatedly coming through, you're not going to be benefiting them with all the things that you're thinking about and, and helping improve outcomes. So can you give us an example, Stuart, of how you guys do things differently? Well, it's funny. First of all, you brought up doctors and the fact that you can't, it, it doesn't matter if you don't have patients, right? Way back in the day, I like music. And uh, one of my professors told me that, you know, it doesn't, you know, if you're doing something really creative and really wonderful, but nobody's watching you, what have you proved? And in medicine, we use that analogy as well, that there's a uh, sort of a push and pull dilemma when it comes to doctors in particular over marketing. So they want patients, they want to be successful, but they don't want to be what I call cheesy, needy, greedy, and sleazy. <laughs> so they want to market in a way that is tasteful, and it's ethical. And so having, you mentioned, I stumbled into this, but my sensibility really worked well for this field because I thought I was going to be an engineer. I was really good at science and math. And um, I was in engineering school. I happened to take a marketing class on a lark and just fell in love with it. It turns out I'm a creative person and analytical at the same time, which is pretty rare. It's kind of explains why I'm so nuts, I guess. Good talent. But what's interesting is, our philosophy and the way we do business matches with the doctor personality. So meaning that when they don't really care, most doctors we work with uh, don't really care about branding. They don't really care about websites. They don't care about newspaper ads. They don't care about, they just want patients. They really are focused on patients. So how you get there is kind of subjective. And my joke is when I'm speaking in our seminars is there's not everybody. In fact, I had an exception yesterday when I was speaking with somebody. But most are, look, if you could put $100 into a box and a patient pops out, that's exciting. So at the end of the day, the doctors that we work with are very, very focused on results. And so that's why you ask, and it's kind of maybe circuitous uh, the way I'm answering your question, but what makes us unique? Well, it's that focus about patients and ROI. And it, it turns out that fits perfectly with doctor personalities. Most doctors are very skeptical about marketing. They haven't met anybody that's very good. So when they meet us, you know, where we're focusing on ROI, where we're focusing on educating, where we're talking to them in terms of that they can understand science and best practices and evidence and 
testing hypotheses and tracking them. They seem to love that, which again makes sense. And what's funny is I mentioned engineering background. A lot of people that do what I do, I mean, they're all good people, but a lot really are frustrated doctors. They'd rather be a doctor. That's not me at all. I love what I do. I love doing the marketing side of it. But I think the doctors really appeal that we try to develop way, you know, marketing systems that bring patients profitably. And I can describe that if you like. I mean, if you want me to go down to what that looks like. Yeah, and definitely want to hear about that. And so kind of made me wonder, healthcare success is, is the name of your firm. And I love that because it just summarizes it pretty succinctly, right? You're helping healthcare providers have success by giving them the patients and then they could focus on, on outcomes improvement. And so I'm curious of a time, now it hasn't always been smooth, Stuart. I'm wondering of a time where you had some setbacks and what you learned from those, right? I feel like a lot of times we learn more from those and maybe there's people out there working on their own to get their marketing done. Share something with them that you learned. In terms of setbacks for me personally or in setbacks for clients, which way do you mean that? Let's talk about the clients as it relates to their efforts to reach out to patients. Got it. Got it. Okay. So the thing is that the principles work that we talk about, and they're not just from us. So again, with that whole best practices concept, in advertising, there's really two schools of thought. There's what's called uh, name awareness or branding, where you're getting your name out. Here's my name. Here's my name. Here's my name. And then there's also direct response. And direct response is all about finding something that works and testing it and doing it. So for example, in traditional direct response, you have offers. So for example, if you're a varicose vein doctor, a big offer they do is varicose vein screenings. You know, on a certain day, you get, get your leg screened, not a full exam, but a screening for free. So the principles work where practices can get caught up in, there's lots of obstacles. So for example, some of the things we teach is how to ask patients for referrals, to get them to refer more often. It turns out most doctors hate the idea of asking patients for referrals. They feel needy and they just don't like doing it. It really works. So it's very easy for, in terms of a failure, for doctors to rely on that, but they never actually ask or they ask once and it's awkward and they never do it again. It's possible to, I'm trying to think of anybody who's sort of a poster child for that. For example, on that one thing, I I remember a practice, we grew like crazy and every year they invited us out to teach their doctors how to ask patients for referrals. And every year I'd say, I'd start the meeting by, okay, who did it last year? And everybody would sort of look at me sheepishly (laughs) and say, well, the marketing's working so hard, we don't have to ask patients. And I'm like, oh, yes, you do. So that happens a lot. I would say when thinking of other you know, specific client stories, I think it really comes down to the people that haven't been successful are either they don't do what the proven express is or they bring too much emotional baggage. And a lot of times it's today, it's groups where you have partners who are excited about moving forward, but there's other partners that don't. And so they'd end up doing nothing. So the classic is, and if I don't know if any of my list or any of your listeners rather are groups of 10, but if there's a group of 10 doctors prototypically, you're going to find, and they always think I'm psychic because I've actually had this happen. There'll be two doctors that are thrilled with marketing, excited, pushing it forward, six doctors in the middle, two that are dead set against it. And it's just kind of the common dynamic. And so mm-hmm. that's where failure usually arises, where we lose sight of the bigger picture and we agree to agree someday. And it just gets lost and momentum gets lost. Is that helpful to you? That's no, those it's are very, some things that I see are very common. Very much helpful. Some some good nuggets there. And and outcomes rocket listeners, take this into consideration. You know, sometimes it's the simplest things like 
asking for referrals that will lead to a growing practice. And you can't overcomplicate some things sometimes, but you also have to think outside the box and maybe do things that are a little uncomfortable for you. And so, Stuart, what do you do if you're uncomfortable with these things? What do you suggest? You know, I tweeted something about this a couple of days ago. I'm going to try to find it while we're talking <laughs> because I heard a quote that I thought was perfect and I don't remember what it was, but rather than have you guys wait while I'm ta- looking on the internet here. The thing about it is, is that what I think might be really helpful for your listeners is uh, one of our most successful articles ever was all about there's six ways to market any practice. There's just six ways. And so people love that idea. And when you break it down, it's like, oh, that kind of makes sense. So the first way, which we just referred to, is internal marketing or also and uh, sort of a corollary of that is patient experience. So internal marketing means includes asking patients for referrals. It includes, for example, cross-selling additional services. So for example, if you're in a plastic surgery practice, you had somebody come in for Botox and upselling them to surgery. Uh, it includes answering the phones right, which is absolutely crucial and difficult and hard. And there's nothing happens if the people don't make it off the front desk. And so for a lot of your listeners, I'll give you another uncomfortable issue. If you have the wrong person on the front desk, you're killing yourself. You are causing, you know, it's common for 50%, 75% of new patient inquiries to be lost at the front desk. So if you're not willing and able to intervene and either train that person, which is the right thing to do, or if it's just the wrong person, make that change, you're going to carry that baggage on forever. And it's brutally expensive. Another uncomfortable story that you'll probably like, this is one of the things I share in my seminars a lot, is about Dolores. And it turns out this was an ENT practice in um, North Carolina, I think it was, where he finally went to the seminar we taught. He fired his grumpy, he was, Dolores was this grumpy, curmudgeonly office manager. And they all got used to saying, well, that's just Dolores. That's just Dolores. Anyway, they finally had the mercy to... Actually, that's not true. They didn't fire her. I remember now. It's even worse than that. She retired. Mercifully, she retired after 30 years. And what happened was the practice shot up by 30% immediately upon her retirement. So think about that. Wow. Nothing else had changed. 30% inference over 20 years of what Dolores was at the practice. How successful or how expensive was Dolores? The fact mm-hmm. that it was uncomfortable being willing to fire her a reprimand her. By the way, I found the quote, and I was, this was from a conference last week, and this is awesome. And this Hopefully, your uh, listeners will write this down if they're not driving. Let's your hear. comfortable, Yeah, your comfortable place is not your place of growth. So it's kind of funny. I tweeted nice. that about a week ago, and I just happened to remember it. No, that's so a good anyway, one. to finish... Yeah, it's an awesome one. I, and that was just something that somebody said offhand. And I'm like, that is awesome. I love that. Anyway, going back to the six ways. So that's one way, internal marketing. And that's a big area right there. Second one is internet marketing. It's one of our favorite areas of digital or expertise. It's how we grow our company. That's websites, SEO, pay-per-click, uh, Facebook, social media, uh, reputation, all those things. That's a huge, huge area. Doctor referrals is another key one that most people don't think of as marketing. And that's absolutely crucial. And that's a big, big area for us. And we, we work on, by the way, in all six of these areas. Creating ongoing systems that positively influence doctors is a huge area of opportunity for specialists. Fourth category is branding. Fifth category is public relations, which mostly includes publicity, getting free press and community events. And the sixth category is external advertising. So there's a lot there. It's a huge palette of strategies that you can choose from. But the whole comfort thing is think about all the areas where you can be uncomfortable with what I just described. 
You can be uncomfortable. This is, you know, I'm going to write an article about this. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me because I'll write my own blog article. This is how we get up with our content. But the place of comfort is you can be uncomfortable asking patients for referrals. You can be uncomfortable managing your staff. You can be uncomfortable, um, let's see what else we talk about, doctor referrals. You can feel like a dirty salesperson trying to build doctor referrals. You can feel uncomfortable with branding and publicity, publicity being in front of TV. You can feel uncomfortable with advertising because you're worried about losing money. You can worry about what you look like online. There's uh, perhaps we've solved the whole problem. It's all about being uncomfortable. <laughs> wow, there you go. It's the biggest obstacle. Yeah, we're yeah. done now. We can hang no, out. <laughs> this is yeah, it, the problem solved. Let's move on to the next big challenge, shall we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and exactly. so yeah, and listeners, you know, one thing to take away here is, like Stuart said, is the place of growth is the place where you're uncomfortable. And maybe that means outsourcing this to a company like Stewart's. Maybe it means replacing somebody that's not working. So ask yourself that question. What is it that it's going to take for you to take your marketing to the next level so that you could do what you do best, which is take care of patients? Such great uh, advice here, uh, Stuart. This is amazing, right? We went through so much and, and the time just flies. We're getting close to the end here. But what I want to do is a, a quick lightning round with you. Sure. It's a course on marketing, on what it takes to be successful. Let's call it the ABCs of Stuart Gandalf. And so sure. we're, we're going to go through this, four questions, and then we're going to end with a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Sure. All right. So what's the best way to improve your healthcare outreach? I would say the key is, is to figure out a way to get uh, marketing systems in place. The problem is it's very easy to be sporadic. And, okay, you ask somebody for referrals, you mean to get around to it again, and then, you know, you look up and six months went by. That's one of the reasons why we like digital marketing so much. And, and of course, it sounds self-serving. But one of the things is that by digital marketing is usually the most cost-effective way is to get patients passively. You can spend money on marketing. You can spend time on marketing. There's nothing that's free on both time and money. So the usually I would say that if you're looking for patients, digital is the way to go because it can be work in spite of you not doing your part of asking patients for referrals or going out to lunch with other doctors. And then the cool thing about it is, is that when it works, paying for it next month is out of profits from this month. So it can be a virtuous cycle. I love it. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? I would say looking at it from marketing as an expense. That would be probably number one. So it's not about at all what marketing costs. It matters what did you invest versus what did you make. So for example, I seem to have a lot of credibility with clients and audiences when we speak at conferences or wherever. When I say, you know what, I'm asking to spend money on marketing, but I spend 30000 a month. <laughs> so there's not many marketing companies. We have, we're an $8 million company, 25 people, 40, 50, 60 clients. There's not a lot of mark companies that are size in this world, like in working with doctors, I'm not aware of anybody like that. There's a lot of small people. There's not like not many companies of scale. And then why am I willing to do that? Because I know it's profitable. And so the fact that if you're willing to look at and figure it out in terms of how can I invest money and test, track, and adjust and do it in a way that's profitable, what's great is like a lot of times people come back and say, how can I spend more? If I'm spending 10000 a month to get 100000 a month, well, what if I spent 20000 Could I get 200000 a month? No, this is great. It's not an expense if it's bringing you money. It's an investment. So Absolutely. And so that's, it's a really easy to focus solely on the cost side of it, for sure. Yeah. What do you say is important to do to stay relevant despite the constant change? <laughs> that's a great question. Healthcare changes so fast. And, you know, it's funny because I talk to people about it all the time. 
in terms of our own business. Like, wow, how do you guys continue to grow? It's because we are willing to and really have to reinvent ourselves. I know people say that and it's kind of a buzzword, but it's the truth. You know, like I would just yesterday talk to a client or a former uh, seminar attendee, he's not a client, he's a former seminar attendee that went to one of our seminars six years ago and our company is unrecognizable to what it was Back years ago. So I think it's really, I mean, it was just, he, he didn't really, it was really difficult actually of a call because he, in his mind, we were something we were six years ago. It was a completely different company. And so I would say that in healthcare, you have telemedicine, for example, you have urgent care, you have, uh, if you're on the primary care side, you're competing with Walgreens now, the retailization of healthcare, the fact that patient experience is I could go on and on and have, I know you don't have time, but about patient experience, consumer demands and expectations are completely different than they've ever been before. So all these things are happening really, really fast. My primary care guy, I talked to him about, or I sent him an email, we're friends, about what's going on now with telemedicine. I was talking, and my comment, my last comment was, hey, healthcare's changing fast. And email back said, way too fast for me. <laughs> and so I would say, that it's like figure, oh, high deductible insurance plans. Yep. All these things are crazy, crazy fast, and it's really, really difficult to keep up. But you have to if you want to stay in business. And, and finally, yeah, absolutely. So finally, uh, the last question here is, what's one area of focus? If you had to pick one, Stuart, that should drive everything else in your marketing efforts? Okay, that's a great question. I would say the product. Okay, so this is funny having a marketing person say the product because what I often talk about is, is that you know amateur marketers will rush and start talking about promotion right away it's a simple thing to do it's like well if you sell radio space guess what you're gonna talk about first right radio if you're a um, newspaper salesperson you know about newspaper if you're a marketing consultant you're gonna somehow talk about consulting but really at the end of the day like when we work with our clients we have a couple different levels of clients but when we work with clients we typically start with what we call an exam diagnosis and treatment plan and before and when we talk so we do a real deep dive on their business and rather than do what we call marketing malpractice and give them a bunch of ideas on what to do we start off by looking at their business and what's great what's not doing a SWOT analysis and really thinking through like what should the product be because, you know, I'll give you a quick story on that. My mom, when she was, she just passed away about a year and a half ago or two, but uh, sorry, one of her last doctor's appointments with, thank you, she's, it was great actually, because she made it to 94. Her last wow. day she saw, she saw a um, play and had spaghetti dinner. You know, she had complete control of her faculties. So some dresses are tragic. Hers was Blessing. a pretty good life. Thank you. But the, at any rate, her cardiologist, we went there one time at 7.30 for her appointment, and we're sitting around at 8.15. I'm like, what gives? There's nobody here. What's happening? Oh, well, the doctor doesn't come in until 9 o'clock. And, and it turned wow. out I was speaking on patient experience at Cleveland Clinic in a couple of weeks. <laughs> they picked the wrong guy to stand up. <laughs> they took the wrong guy to pick on. But my point is, is that, you know, I was livid. I'm like, you must be kidding. You're insulting me. My mother has been sitting here for... 45 minutes. She's not a morning person. Not all morning people, by the way, are early risers. Yeah. So we're both sitting there. And I've asked, why in the earth would you ever have us just sit here? And they said, well, because it's more convenient for the doctor. <laughs> that mm. is old thinking. That is the past. And those people are going to be employees if they're not already really soon. Wow. And the consumers just won't stand it. Old people that grew up with the doctor knows everything. Those people are dying off. So yeah, I would say that that's the uh, biggest thing. I like it. And finally, what book would you recommend to the listeners? 
Stuart. You know, it's, it's so funny. Ever since you said that, I thought, oh my gosh, I've read so many. It was so many rather. And most of what I'm reading now is very tactical, like, you know, internet marketing, really specific things. And I think those are sort of outside of common reading. And so I'll try to think of some additional ones. And if you uh, care, we can link or I'll send you some after this podcast. Sure. The one that strikes me is one that you probably wouldn't expect for a marketing person. I had, and I'll share with you the anecdote. It was a black dermatologist, African. He was still chief of his tribe. He was in one of my seminars and he was larger than life. And his name was Namadi. I won't share his last name, but he was larger than life. And I always finish my seminar with this sort of inspirational part. And I talked about positive thinking and you know what does it take to grow a really big business and what, what are the traits of the really successful practitioners. And I went through this whole thing, and it's typical in my audience. Somebody was skeptical and said, hey, that's all true, Stuart. That's all great, but not Namadi. He's just like that because he was really larger than life. I mean, he had 11 practices. He only been out of school for out of or beyond practicing for a few years. He already had 11 locations. He was African in Lily White, Rhode Island. He used to wear, he was, he'd fly back to Africa to be with his people as a chief of the tribe on a quarterly basis. So he he's African literally a chief wear. of a tribe. I thought you were using it as chief of a tribe of, you know, the culture at his, as, but he's literally. No, no, no. He was tribe. literally the chief. <laughs> and he was just larger than life. I oh, mean, man. he had everybody smitten of those guys that everybody just wants to follow. And they were smitten. Mm-hmm. And he was just, and he's, and they said, Namadi, that's everything Stuart just said is true, but not really. It's just you. And he said, no, 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 Think and Grow Rich changed my life. He said, as a young boy, I was poor. I read Think and Grow Rich and it changed my life. So I always think that story is amazing. And people ask me, I just had one of my employees actually ask me, how did you get to where you are? And it's kind of cool now because at this point they ask, do they want to be me, which I think is awesome. Like, I'm not sure, (laughs) like, wow, I don't even know how I got here. But, you know, it's like I've read probably hundreds and hundreds of books and Think and Grow Rich is one of them, but it's not so much about that specific book. But it's about continual growth and learning and being open. And hey, who am I to argue with the Mahdi? Hey, I so, love it. And great. if you'd met him, you'd know what I mean. You know, Stuart, great story. And funny story is that I, I love that book and recommend it to any of the listeners. I, I just finished reading it again for the fourth time. Uh, oh, that's amazing. It, it is one of my all-time favorites. And listeners, if you have not picked up Think and Grow Rich, don't take it from me. Don't take it from Stuart. Take it from Namadi. Just <laughs> a, a wonderful book that you'll get. Seriously, every time I pick it up, there's new tidbits that help me build my business. And it's not about you know growing rich financially only. It's about growing rich emotionally with your relationships. It's just outstanding. No, this is wonderful, Stuart. Thank you for presenting it in, in, with, the, with the wonderful story. Great. Well, hey, I right. really enjoyed this. Thanks anytime and uh, good luck to your listeners and I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a blast. And uh, what would you say the, the best place for the listeners to get a hold of you would be? Well, if you go to healthcaresuccess.com, uh, better than that, they'll, they'll give, there's all kinds of free stuff on my website. So we have a blog with several thousand articles on it. You just go to my website, healthcaresuccess.com, go to the uh, free resources. There's a blog there. There's a ton of white papers too there. So for example, we talked earlier about skeptical doctors and groups. I have white papers on things like the seven deadly sins of marketing or how to advertise and so forth. But one is how to convince skeptical doctors on the need for marketing. So there's all kinds of you know, having done this now for 20 years with doctors and hospitals, I really, I can com- almost finish their sentences when they tell me about their stories, about what it's like at their practice trying to get stuff done. So I think there's tons of free stuff there that they can get. Uh, zero obligation. I do it for the good. If you're interested awesome. in more than all that, we have seminars, we have consultations, we do what, and at the end of the day, we're a full service agency. 
most of our what pays our bills is not the free stuff, obviously, but people come to us and say, hey, we just want patients. I mean, I told you today we signed this big addiction center today. He called us off a mailing for our seminar, but our seminar says, what if you'd just rather we do it all for you? He said, that's it. That's <laughs> it. I want you to do it all for like, us. I want that option. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I don't want well, to learn about this crap. I just want you to t- do it for <laughs> me. And that's, so that's, that's how we pay the bills. But the other stuff is free for everybody. So well, um, that, that's awesome, Stuart. So that, listeners, please go to outcomesrocket.com slash Gandalf. That's G-A-N-D-O-L-F. It's Mr. Stuart Gandalf, and you'll find all the links to the resources that Stuart has mentioned, as well as all of the show notes, so you don't have to worry about pulling over and writing it down. So thank you so much, Stuart. It's been a blast. Looking forward to staying in touch. All right. Good deal. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 